You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Have a look. Uh, if you haven't joined us, but this morning you enjoy and you're challenged or encouraged by this message, we are online. And so just look up Burley Church on Spotify or wherever and you can find the back catalogue of these messages And so let me read this morning. But yeah, this is just nearing the end of Jesus' ministry. In fact, moments after this, they come and arrest him. So these are kind of the final words he has been saying the last few weeks to his disciples. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to those who have given him, you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I've revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave me them to me, and then they obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. That's kind of been the, pause there, that's kind of been where we've been going with John. John wrote this gospel with the intent to say, hey, Jesus was more than a man. Uh, which a lot of other, do you know most world religions believe in Jesus? Most world religions would say that Jesus is a way to God. Jesus is the only one that says, actually, you're mistaken, I'm the way to God. And so if you wanted to hedge your bets, (laughs) if they're all kind of okay with Jesus and Jesus saying, I am the only way, it's a good thing we're here this morning in a Christian church. Uh, If you wanted to look at it logically like that, obviously there's far more why we think Jesus is divine and God and the way. And so he, this John has been writing this letter and we've been exploring this. Is he divine? And we've been looking at the things he's done. Not just in this book, but through this book, he has done things in this church. People have grown, people have been baptised, people have changed their life as we've been exploring this book. Jesus revealing his divinity. And so now he's pushing a bit more. Let me, let me, now he's pushing, he's going... You believe in me, or maybe you're not still sure, but it's time to, it's time to actually tell you what I, what I need you to do. You can spend your whole life trying to work out if you believe in him or not. But now I need you to move past this. So I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those who have gi- you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer. But they are still in the world. He's going. But they are still here and I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be filled. Him talking about Judas there. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of joy within them. This is the full picture he's giving them. 
the full joy, the full measure. I've given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of this world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one. That's really interesting. God could choose that once you become a Christian, you kind of die on the spot. But he doesn't. He leaves us here, both frustrating and awesome. For a reason, though. So it's just all awesome. It's just hard being around here in the middle, isn't it? Sanctify them by the truth of your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray for all those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you and me and I in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me. These are intense words. That they may be one as we are one. That the world will know why that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I want, you have, want, want those you have given to me to be where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, through the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. I've made known to them and will continue to make you known in order that they love you, that they have for me, may be in them and that I myself may be in them. And for some reason I realise I've skipped a passage. But here we are. 14, 23. Oh no, I didn't. I've just put those two together. That's right. I've realised when I prepare my sermon, I do two copies, my notes and slides. I've just been going through the slides. And so let me pull up my notes. As mentioned, the passage just read, and we're going to re-look at it a second time, part of it, was just before he's arrested, his final words. Powerful, powerful words. As he says, okay, it's now time for you guys. I'm going to go. Yes, he's going to send his spirit, but it's time for you guys to go. So I've actually paraphrased it, if it's okay. It's not, I'm not saying my paraphrase is the word of God. It's kind of like maybe the message or the passion translation. It's just my paraphrasing. But this is, a way, this is what I took from it as I read through this for maybe just me, but I'm sharing it with you guys today. I'll show you what I've explored as I saw this sending in the world and this word sanctified. I think it's the next slide, boys. Jesus is saying to them, okay, I know I'm about to head to the cross. Things are going to get wild. And we know that he was resurrected. He came back to life. But he's saying it's time for them. He's saying it's time for the disciples to step up, grow up. It's their turn. So he's going, look, you've lived with me for a couple of years. I know I'm still doing I'm, I'm God. We'll never fully understand God. We'll never fully understand God. You're never fully going to have it all sorted out. If, if you could, then he's not God, is he? 
I'll be honest, I'm going to confess something to you. There are days I wake up, less and less as I see God move, but there are days that I wake up and I think to myself, imagine if I run a community and God isn't real. And I pray and I go, imagine it's just an invisible man thing and that's my job. What a weird thing that I do if that's it. And I think, I hope you're a real God because otherwise this is super strange (laughs) what I do. And I have moments, weird moments, I was like, is this real? Is this happening? They have happened less and less the longer I'm in ministry because it's just so obvious God is moving. But I have moments. I love the story after resurrection. They're literally touching his hands and it says, and some doubted. Because it just it's not even like doubting God. It's just like, this is complicated. This is strange. This is big, bigger than I could ever understand. So it's okay. You're going to be like that forever. You're going to see more stories. Your faith will grow. But at some point, and this is what Jesus is saying, some point for them, he's like, it's time, guys, to step up. It's time to be sanctified. It's time to grow up. It's your turn. You can't just sit in this spot of not sure. It's time to be active. And so we've been looking through the Gospel of John and saying, yes, he is divine. We've been seeing in this church that, yes, he is living and moving, and he is God. And he is saving lives and he is moving. And I don't understand the full mechanics of it because he's God. But he is alive and his spirit is moving today. So I want to twist this around to be a little, little harsher if I'm allowed to. It's time for you to step up, grow up and realise it's your turn. That's not to say you guys aren't stepping up. That's not, that's to me. If you're offended by that, come and talk to me later. These are Jesus' words. He's saying, sanctify them, grow up. It's your turn. Not instantly. John, I just spoke about this. We're looking at abiding. That's the words of Jesus just before this passage, that you remain in him. He's going to grow you over a lifetime. But you're meant to mature. You're meant to grow and then step up. It's time for us. It's time for you to step up, grow up, and realize it's your turn. That as you go, see yourself with God's grace, the Holy Spirit, that you carry that responsibility, but also that amazing, yes, spirit, power, presence, grace. Now go. We've got to see ourselves as sent. If you don't know Jesus this morning, if you're still working it out, I'm not having a dig at you. Fantastic. You're in the right place to figure out who Jesus is. If you're not ready for this, that's okay. I'm talking to people that know Jesus and have maybe known him for a couple of years or even a couple of months now. It's time that we step up. We own that and see ourselves as sent. We are not just members of a church attending a service. We are the church. He left for that reason. He said in another gospel, he says, they will do greater things than I. That's insane. He rose from the dead. Greater things than that. We are sent. Now, just in case, there's a little loophole I've occasionally heard and someone will say, well, when the Great Commission, God's talking to the disciples and I'm not a witness of Jesus in person. So when he says go make disciples, he was talking in their context. And so Steve, back off. I'm okay, thank you. Luckily, Jesus knows how the human mind works and will kind of pedal backwards 
He says this in John 7, the verse we just read. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray for all those who believe in me. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. It's more than the 12 or 11 at this point. It's all those believe in him are called to go. We are sent. So to recap this series, Jesus claims to be divine. Jesus is present with his people. He's powerful with his people. He changes people's lives. He disrupts this religious system. He, um, he upsets the religious a ton so they want to kill him. He calls his disciples. He trains them in the ways and the truth. And then just before he goes to the cross, knowing they're still figuring it out, and they will forever, he says, hey, I'm going I'm leaving you with the the dynamite. Dynamite comes from the word, same word as spirit, Holy Spirit. It gets its meaning because when this happened, the church exploded. Someone saw that and then when they saw dynamite, they went to name it after that, is my belief. At least I read that on the internet and so it must be true. (laughs) If you're a dynamite specialist, come and have a chat to me because I say that a fair bit and so I hope it is true. So it's cool that sounds cool. That's the main thing. No, it's not. Not at all. I want to know the truth. If you're a dynamite expert, come have a chat. Um, but this dynamite, this explosion, I'm with you in spirit. It's your turn. It's uncomfortable. But you need to know you are sent. And I'm not just saying I love missionaries. We, um, I sat down with Simon from Compassion this week, just gone and um, he's going to come here in June and do a sermon around sponsor children, and it's awesome. Not all of us are called there, but you are all called. Not all of us are called to serve and go in Vanuatu, but you are called. You are called. You are sent. Reminds me of a book. There's a book we have actually out here called, um, it's called The Critical Journey. By these two names, oh no, Janet O. Hagberg and Robert A. Gulish. It's a book I was thinking about as I read through this passage today. He has this um, theory, and it's, it's, it's held by many of the different stages you grow in your faith. Uh, there's different ways to say this, but there's lots of theologians and, uh, and pastors that believe this is a very, it's not a formula, but it's a really good way to see our stages of faith. And I want to show you this because it just reminded me of this this morning. So there's stage one, the seeker, stage two, the believer, stage three, the learner and leader. This is pretty normal for churches. It is my conviction and others that the Western church is amazing at these three. We're, mate, we're really good. We've, we've, now, we've, we've got it to a fine art. You're seeking, come meet Jesus, come believe, and then come participate. Sign a roster, as we talked about. We're good at, we got that. We know what to do. We've been doing that for like 2,000 years. It's outward, though, leadership, which is fine. It's, this is good stuff. The other two are less linear. But often, my conviction is Christians may not even get there or choose not to go there in our modern, comfortable world. And this is the server and the leader in inner work. What I mean is, they get older, they age out of the, the emotional-led church service, so it's not the same as when they were a young, young adult and they first gave their life to Jesus. It's still awesome, but they're just getting mature, they're getting older. And God calls them to go deeper, 
And quite often it's easy in the Western world to go, no, I'm good here. I'm serving, I've got my community, I'm good. Or we, 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 he says this thing, we encounter a wall. There's a breakdown in our marriage. Our business falls over. A child passes away. We go bankrupt. We have to change job. Something that changes our whole life. And these first three just don't cut it. We come to church and we're facing maybe a divorce and we're like, those three things were awesome, but I need something more. And so often, opinion here, so often we go, we're actually not opinion, we are seeing this. There's a movement called the deconstruction movement where they go, they hit the wall and they go, no, I'm out because those top three don't cut it. I'm not going to do the heavy work. I'm going to find another religion. My new religion will be politics. My new religion will be this, this, this. I'll choose a new religion to follow and I'll do those three again. I'll convert to that. I'll get excited about that. It'll scratch that itch. But we choose not to go to that deep, deep place of owning our faith and growing. Again, if that's, I'm not saying this is everyone in the room. I'm just saying this is, we see this in the world right now. We don't go, hey, I'm on my knees this morning. God, you're bigger than Sunday. You're bigger than this. I need to own this. I need you through this. Some people call it the dark night of the soul. It's not a formula, but I bet a lot of you sitting here, they're in that second stage of life, know exactly what I'm talking about. Some people have multiple walls, but it's an invitation to step up, grow up, and lead from an inner place. The last stage looks a lot like step three, but there's something holy that has happened. Do you ever meet someone? You meet someone in that second stage of life and you can tell they've been through this. It doesn't even matter the wisdom they have. They probably have a lot of wisdom, but there's a peace about them. They know that the sky could fall, but God is good. Chances are they've suffered Chances are they've had to go to a deep place, but it is well with their soul. I want that. That's what Jesus wants for you, to grow up, step up, mature in him, grow in him, and reach that deeper serve. I'm on my knees. And then, yes, you lead. I'm not saying lead a church. I'm saying you lead in your own life. And in the life of others, you see yourself as sent. I'm not forcing growth. It's allow his growth. I'm not saying go grow, go quickly grow. (laughs) I'm saying go with Jesus and he will grow you. Lucky we have a whole booklet about this. Isn't that convenient? Pick that up in the foyer. Have a look. How do we do that though? How do we go? How do we go out and lead? How do we be sent? That's kind of where I wanted to finish this morning because that's where Jesus finished John in a sense of a commission. And I want to give you a little bit of a... I've brought back my friend. Some of you remember him. If you don't, that's okay. I call him Mr. Fridge because he's a fridge. And adding Mr. is a funny thing to do. That's why I call him that. 
And I, I'm, if you can't tell, I've used this a couple of times, so I'm proud of this analogy if you can't tell. I was like, this is a good one. I'll use this again. Because I think it articulates something here. It's silly, but it articulates something that Jesus is saying. Because we wonder, how do we go? What do you mean by being mature and going? Are you asking me, Steve, to get up on my staff table at work and go, have you ever lied? Have you ever had a bad thought? You have sinned. You are going to hell forever. Is that what he's asking? Maybe, maybe, maybe that's your calling. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. When he says, go in maturity into the world, remain in me and all in you and that power and that presence and that love, I don't think just is going up to someone and going, if you were to die today, where will you spend eternity? Maybe, maybe. I'm not knocking that way of doing it. We all have different gifts. I just said that. But I do take a massive page out of Mr. Fridge's book. Because let me ask you this. Let me put it this way. Think of your workplace at the moment. Think of your home. Think of your friend's home that you're familiar with. And imagine you need to keep something cold. Now, I haven't even talked about Mr. Fridge. But I bet you all thought of the fridge. You know that fridges keep things cold. It does not need to walk around or walk the streets. And again, I'm not knocking this, but it doesn't need to walk out the streets and go, I keep your stuff cold. You're sick of being hot? You're sick of food going off? Well, let me tell you what I can do for you. No, you just know that it keeps things cold. That's what a fridge does. I've never heard a fridge tell me that. I've never heard a fridge preach the gospel of fridging. It, you know. You know where it is. You know where to go. So, Mr. Fridge, when somebody at your work, when somebody at your neighbourhood, when somebody at your uni, when somebody at your school, when somebody at your coffee shop, when somebody at your shopping centre, when somebody that you know, a family or a friend, when they know, when they're going through something that's existential, when they're going through a marriage breakup, when they're going through a bankruptcy, when they're having a hard time, when they're just going through something complicated, when they're going through health, do they know that you're the person to go to? Do they know that you carry this peace? Not because you've yelled at them and told them a million times, but they see it. They see Jesus in you. Sure, you've got to give an answer when asked. I'm not saying you don't share the gospel with your words, but do they know that about you? Do they know that you remain in the divine and the divine remains in you? You're not perfect, but they know that you're work in progress and there's something to you. That's what he's calling us as we go. Be Jesus. They'll come to you. Go to them, of course. I'm not saying, but they'll come to you. I get, I get to cheat at this because I'm forced the last 13 years when someone says, what do you do? So I get to cheat at this because it's easy in the staff room to say, hey, what did you do on the weekend? And skip the part you went to church. It's easy not to bring it up because someone will bring up, oh, those churches, they take all your money. I saw a Hillsong documentary the other day and... There's literally a stand show called Prosper at the moment, which is about that. So I get it. You'll get pushed. He says that. He says you'll be hated because of me. So you can avoid it. And I'll be honest with you. When I was a pastor slash school teacher, 
Sometimes I chose school teacher because it was just easier when I first got into ministry than start the whole conversation. Now I'm a pastor slash chaplain, so I don't have any options. <laughs> but can I tell you, only because I've been forced into that, it's incredible when people know, not just you're a pastor, but you're a religious, where you follow something greater than yourself. It's incredible what God does. It's insane, and I've only know that because I'm forced into it sometimes. So I go. I was away a couple of weekends ago, and I go to my cousin's um, engagement party, and he. We've only probably seen each other five times in a whole life, but I wanted to go, be around. I didn't at one point bring my. I wasn't carrying my Bible. I wasn't carried around at night in Melbourne. Um, I'd said nothing. My cousin knows I'm a pastor, so he introduced me. He had a bit of a dig, like a bit of fun. Oh, this is my pastor cousin from up north. And I'm like, oh, hey, Rev- Reverend, Minister, Priest, is it? What is it? What is it? How do you say that? Vicar? Is that get that occasion? Anyway, they had their laugh, got over it. Then I'm in the kitchen. Nothing. I did nothing special. Probably did, like, I probably should have done more, but I did nothing. And this guy comes into the kitchen, like, confronts me like this and goes, hey, are you... Carlyle's cousin and I said yeah and he goes you're the pastor right and I said and he goes I kid you not I thought this was like I thought Carly put him up to this I used to go to church as a kid and I'm going through a really hard time I need to connect back with Jesus I've been watching some YouTube clips about Jordan Peterson he talks about God how do I connect back with God I think that's the only way to live I did do a quick all right this is who's having me on and we're still talking now We're still talking about how to connect back with Jesus. Because in his moment at this party in the middle of Melbourne, he had this moment, oh, I know who to go talk to about this thing I'm having. I do get the privilege of having story after story after story. Literally, my job at the uni is a couple of days of saying, hey, I'm the chaplain. So the other day, I had a girl come into my office. Again, I get the privilege of announcing this in emails. She comes to me and says, I have no idea, but my stepdad is, um, he's got cancer. How do I pray? She goes, I've never done it. Do I have to hold my hands together? Like literally, basic, no, you don't have to hold your hands together, but it's a way to not distract yourself. And we prayed for her and she cried and we prayed for her father because she knew where to go. In your workplaces, in your schools, in your unis this year, we're growing in this. I'm not asking you to be an expert at this. I'm not asking you to know all the answers. Just the, the answer, Jesus. If you want to practice this, I love that there's this training ground called the Op Shop here. And we're seeing that almost daily, definitely weekly, people asking questions. We were so desperate the other day. We had some people sick, so I was on the counter... Again, people go, oh, you don't look like you normally work here because I don't know how to use it and I probably gave them the wrong change. So I'm actually the pastor here. We had God conversations at a register and I know they do that all the time. So I'm not telling people to lie and say you're a pastor. But you are sent. You are a missionary to Stocklands. You are a missionary to your workplace. And so it won't hurt to tell them that you went to church on Sunday. It doesn't hurt to invite them. It doesn't hurt to welcome them around. It doesn't hurt to say, can I pray for you? Try it. 
Try saying, can I pray for you? It's so awkward. But 80% of the time they'll say yes. In my experience. And they might even cry because they don't understand what has just happened. Your friends, your family, your neighbours, your work colleagues, if they're going through something that's affecting their soul, do they know where you are, how to contact you, and that you're available? Do they know that? Pretty convicting, but I think that's what it looks like to grow up, step out, and see yourself as a missionary to where you are. Here's the last key this morning. Because it's pretty scary. Again, I'll confess, I get scared too. I get scared that they're going to rant at me about a documentary they've recently seen and how we hate these people groups and how we hate this. And, and they do sometimes. So sometimes I don't feel like having that conversation, but sometimes it's tiring. Sometimes it's just scary. You always have those different groups that you consider extra cool. Even when I'm around them, even though they know I'm a pastor, I'm intimidated by a few different friends of mine. If I can admit that, hopefully you can admit that to yourself. But here's the key. Here's, here's how we stay the course. Is This thing is just a big cupboard. Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> Unless he's plugged in. He doesn't have any power. He's useless. As John says... In John 15, ineffective and unfruitful if he's not plugged in. So I'm not inviting you to step out by yourself. Jesus did leave, but he said something better is coming, the Holy Spirit. Or not better, but going to help us in this season more efficiently. And so the Holy Spirit spurs amongst us. It powers us. It gives you words when you didn't think you had words. You can have conversations and I've had this and I've thought that was a horrible conversation. Sorry, God, I did such a bad job there. And then they've come back to me and said, that was wonderful what you said. And I didn't say that. But that's what they took from the conversation because the Holy Spirit was there. He'll give you that boldness. He'll give you that power. You might pray for someone and they might be healed. You might pray for someone and they might be comforted. You can have that confidence that the Holy Spirit's in it. If you're plugged in, if you're abiding, if you're growing. He wants you to be plugged in. So we're going to finish off today, obviously, with a song. But I'm going to get us to stand, if that's okay. And I'm going to commission you, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I know I mostly said that for the guests, because you probably came not to be commissioned today. But as a bonus, a baby dedication and a commissioning. I'm going to pray for us in 2024 to go. Some of us, that's next door. That's awesome. Some of us, that's is the other side of the world. That's awesome. For the rest of us, it's everywhere in between to go into our families, into our schools, our universities, into our workplace, into our neighbourhoods, into our coffee shops, into our shopping centres, into our streets, and just be Become more like Jesus and participate with him. And you will see incredible things happen. And I know a lot of you know that. But it's good to be reminded, especially at the start of the year. Let me commission you all. Father, some here today don't even know who you are. 
May they be introduced to you this morning. May your spirit sit on them today. Maybe in an annoying way. Because they just wanted to come and just sneak in the back. They didn't want to encounter you. or They weren't sure. I pray that they do encounter you this morning. Pray that they have questions and they want to grow and know you. They're hungry. I pray for those that are at the end or at the the start of a wall and they're just not sure and they're still unsure and they feel like they've been going for one or 40 or 80 years and they're still unsure. Pray this morning you just give them the boldness to step up, to start to grow up and see themselves as sent, not as just an attendee, but the church going into the world, the light going into the darkness. Medical staff, teachers, tradies, students, neighbours, shoppers, coffee and tea sippers. Whatever we do with our time, it doesn't matter. I pray that we go as missionaries to that place, that people would know by what we do, by the fruit by what we say, how we treat them, how we talk to them, how we're growing, how we make mistakes but then seem forgiven and move past and grow and rectify those things and redeem those things. How we deal with our failures that it's not the end of the world because it is still good with our soul. Let them see those things. Let us grow in those things. Let us carry your peace, your goodness, your love, your patience, your kindness. And let us not do it by ourselves because we'll just be pretty much a cupboard. Let us be plugged in so we have power to do those things. So that we are refreshed to do those things. That he is present with us so we are present with others. Let us make time to abide. Remind ourselves that we are loved so we love. That he is kind so we are kind. That we are forgiven so we can forgive. That he is a healer so we can heal. That he is a lifesaver so that we can save lives through him. You drew a line in the sand at the end of John. You said, I know you know there's something about me. You know you know I'm divine. Time to grow up, step up, and your turn. Father, it's our turn. We were born in this era. It's our turn. Let us go with you. Let us grow and let us be the church together. Strengthen each other, encourage each other as much as possible. And may you just power us as we plug in. In Jesus' name, amen.